0: Assalamu alaykum and welcome to episode 22 of Soul Food titled The Book and Sunnah. In this episode, we're going to look at the path of belovedness. We'll talk about the realization of iman, the realization of faith and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And finally, we'll talk about failure in leaving the sunnah. That the definition of failure is in leaving the sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam. So in the next chapter of *Miftah al-Sara'ir, The Key to Inner Secrets, by al-Sheikh Abu Bakr bin Salim anhu, he talks about following the book and sunnah. He says, You must, my brother, may Allah grant us and you the enabling grace. He grants the righteous. You must follow the book and sunnah inwardly and outwardly. So, this is beautiful because a lot of times people don't realize or don't reflect on implementing the book and sunnah inwardly. That there was a spiritual dimension as well as a physical dimension of establishing the prayers, establishing the obligations, and avoiding those things that are forbidden. And we have to know and realize this is really important that all of good, everything that's beneficial, everything that brings you honor and blessings in this world and in the next, more importantly, is found in following the Prophet Muhammad And the easiest and fastest way to Allah subhanahu wa taala to the highest degrees of nearness, is in following His beloved, the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad sallam. And if a person just by their own primary nature, their fitra, they reflect on their own creation and on the beauty in existence, a person can come to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to believe in the Creator and have a sense of gratitude and love. But then the bigger question is, how do we become of those whom Allah loves? How do we become of those that are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We love Allah. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is the possessor of all the attributes of perfection and beauty and majesty and he is deserving of complete devotion and love. But the bigger question is does Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala love us? Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, "Qul in kuntum Allah Allah wa yaghfir lakum Say, O Prophet Muhammad, to the people, if you sincerely love Allah, then follow me. Fattabi'uni, i.e., the Prophet Muhammad. And what is the result of following him? This is the path to belovedness. He says, Allah will love you and forgive you your sins. If you follow the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad. You expose yourself, you prepare yourself to the spiritual breezes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to become beloved to Him. If you sincerely love Allah, then follow me. Allah will love you and forgive you your sins. For Allah is all-forgiving, most merciful. So the path of the Prophet Muhammad, the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad, is the path to belovedness. And we have to follow his sunnah as it relates to matters of religion, because he is the exemplar, he is the guide and the role model. Imam Al-Ghazali, he highlights a really beautiful and subtle point. He says that when a person's heart becomes illuminated, and they seek greater degrees of nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they want to follow the Prophet Muhammad even in habitual and customary things. So for example, related to clothing or food or otherwise. These things that someone might say seemingly are not uh, central to a person's religion and faith. But when a person has higher degrees of iman, they want to follow him even in that. Because he is the one chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and even in those situations, he chooses what is best and most beneficial of all the permissible choices that he had. And when a person has a strong commitment to following the Prophet inwardly and outwardly, even in customary things, then one of the benefits of that is that this person is far less likely to to disobey Allah when it comes to matters of religion and worship. So if you love the Prophet ﷺ and you realize the beauty and the light and the goodness, and you follow him even in customary things, then the likelihood of disobeying Allah when it comes to matters of religion and worship are even further removed from you. They're even less likely. So scholars mention another benefit is that when you commit to following the Prophet in customary things, you actually discipline your nafs and restrain it from going after its passions. So you're putting a higher degree of mujahada in following the Prophet so that your nafs doesn't get accustomed to getting what it wants. Because when the nafs it gets used to what it wants in permissible things it then starts to desire makruh, dislike things. And then when it gets used to getting what it wants and dislike things, then it starts to desire forbidden things. But if you keep it aligned with the beautiful and life-giving sunnah of the Prophet from the beginning, then you are in the best and safest position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we also see that these sentiments of wanting to follow the Prophet ﷺ to this degree were embodied in the way of the companions رضي الله عنهم. So for example, if we look at Sayyidina Abu Ayyub al-Ansari رضي الله عنهم, when the Prophet ﷺ arrived to Medina, he stayed in Sayyidina Abu Ayyub's house. And Sayyidina Abu Ayyub and Sayyidina Um Ayyub, him and his wife, they had such amazing love and adab and Beautiful manners with the Prophet. And when the Prophet stayed with them, they insisted that he sleep on the top floor because they didn't want to sleep in a position above him. And if they were sleeping on the top floor, they didn't want to do anything that would disturb him as he was underneath them physically. So they insisted that he sleep on the top floor. And initially, the Prophet ﷺ said that he wanted to stay on the ground floor because people would come visit him and so forth. But it became difficult for them because they wanted to make sure that they would never disturb the Prophet ﷺ. So one of the things that they would do is they would actually regularly prepare food for the Messenger of Allah. And he would eat first, and then afterwards when he was done with the food, Sayyidina Abu Ayyub and his wife, they would take the food and they would take the barakah, the blessing of the Prophet ﷺ, and they would both uh, try to race one another to see his fingerprints where he was eating and the places where he ate from so they could get the barakah from where he ate ﷺ. One night, and you're going to see the point of the story in a minute, one night they offered him some food and after it was the customary time when he would eat, they came to look at the food and they saw that it was untouched. So they started to get worried. Is there something wrong with our food? Is the Prophet ﷺ upset? What's going on? So they said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, you, you didn't touch the food. Is everything okay? And he responded, wasallam," and said, The food contains garlic. And I commune with those that you don't commune with. So you can eat it. You know, I don't want to have a particularly pungent, smell in my my mouth because I have to communicate with the angels and I receive wahi and so forth. But he said to them, it's okay if you want, you can eat it. So Sayyidina Abu Ayyub al-Ansari, look at the degree to which the companions loved to follow the things that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam preferred. Sayyidina Abu Ayyub himself says, from that day forward, garlic never entered their house again. They never ate garlic again in their home. So, because to follow the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and they did that out of love, and this is also due to the strength of their iman and their commitment. So this brings us to the next point: the realization of iman. The author Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salam radiAllahu anhu then says, "The master of the first and last peoples, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi said." None of you truly believes until his passions abide by what I have come with. That none of you truly believes until his passions abide by what I have come with. So the one chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who embodied all of the character traits that are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is our exemplar. If we want to realize our nearness to Allah and servitude, we have to become like His perfected servant. So we have to make sure that everything that we do and everything that we desire is in line with revelation, with the Quran, and with the example of the Prophet So that we can realize our عبودية. And then this brings us to the final point, that failure, failure occurs when we leave the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. You know, when we really understand what it means to follow the sunnah and the light, the guidance, the protection, the blessings that come into our lives when we follow the sunnah of the Messenger, if we really knew that and were able to see the extent of that, we would never consider any sunnah to be quote-unquote small. We would never consider any sunnah because anything that the Prophet ﷺ did is exalted because he was elevated and exalted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Most High. So anything that is exalted by the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose is can never be considered small. So then as Shaykh Abu Bakr says, No! that keeping to the sunnah is the basis for salvation and making light of it, not thinking much of the sunnah, not taking it seriously or mocking the sunnah is the basis for failure. A servant only attains the reality of faith by keeping to the sunnah of the Prophet highlighting just the importance of even one sunnah the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu he told the companions that if they fail to straighten the rows in salah, if the rows are not straight, which, you know, from an outward perspective, someone might say, you know, it's seemingly not a big deal. The rows are straight, they're not straight. It doesn't really matter that much. But the Prophet Sallallahu he said that if we fail to do so, leaving his sunnah, then our hearts would actually turn away from one another that if we don't straighten the rose in the salah and follow that sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, that it would actually create separations between our hearts and that people would turn away from one another and it would compromise our love and unity. So by leaving one sunnah, it can create discord within the ummah and through reviving one sunnah, through keeping to the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, through having love and reverence and respect and admiration for even one sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, there is an amazing reward. A hadith named Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik anhu states that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, من أحيا sunnati فقد أحبني وَمَنْ أحبني كان معي في الجنة. Whoever revives my sunnah has loved me. The Prophet said, whoever revives my sunnah has loved me. And whoever loves me will be with me in paradise. And where is the Prophet going to be? He's going to be in Al-Firdaus al ala in the highest level of paradise. He is the one who will knock on the gates of paradise and they will be opened for him, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, by Allah's will and permission. So when you revive a sunnah, you have proven your love. And if you love the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa you will be with him in paradise. Then a Shaykh Abu Bakr bin sallam says, "Oh Allah, allow us to live by the sunnah of our master and interceder, Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa and allow us to die upon his religion and resurrect us in his group. Grant us love of him and love of his family, his Ahlul Bayt, entirely. By your mercy, almost Merciful. So this brings us to the call to action. Identify a sunnah in your life. It can be an act of worship. It can be a character trait. It can be a smile, smiling at people as a form of charity. Whatever you can identify from the numerous beautiful sunnahs of the Prophet ﷺ and then commit to that sunnah with the intention of reviving it and of being with the Prophet ﷺ in paradise. So identify one and commit yourself to it. We ask Allah subhanahu wa Taala that He grants us the greatest reward that He grants His beloved servants and that he opens up all of the doors of success and tawfiq, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to be with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam in the highest levels of paradise. Inna hu akramul akramin wa arhamul rahimin. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm or search for Soul Food in your favorite podcast player. And while you're there, take a minute to leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show.